guys, welcome to the Marriage Millennials Podcast. It is March 22nd, so thanks again for listening. And if you're new, hello there. I'm your host, Rochelle Ham, creator of MarriageMillennials.com, a blog that discusses God's design for family, teaches women to honor Christ before marriage, and prepares younger women for family. To put things in my real time, the blog is in a strategically single phase. Uh, what this means is that I do not address specific issues about marriage at this time because I am not married. Instead, my current focus is teaching women to honor Christ before a man and preparing them for family if that is a current desire that they have. Now, before we get started, as always, I'm going to keep this brief, actually. Um, I wanted to tell you where you can keep the conversation going with me after the end of this podcast, as well as some housekeeping for the site. Uh, this is going to be posted on the site, marriagemillennials.com. So if you have any questions, feel free to comment below on that post, or you can also visit the Facebook page, backslash MF Millennials. Uh, my Twitter and IG handle is Rochelle Kham. I recently changed it, so that's R-O-C-H-E-L-L-E-K-H-A-M. So feel free to follow and talk with me there as well. Also, the podcast is on iTunes, so feel free to go ahead and subscribe to that so that you won't miss a podcast. Just type in Marriage Millennials in the iTunes search bar and it will pop up for you. Uh, last thing, feel free, guys, to check out the shop for my cookbook, um, free courses, products, and apparel. So, alrighty, guys, let's jump in. Alright, guys, hey, I'm back. Um, I know that we were supposed to do, like, the last episode to the nine-part series, but believe you me, I have just been a little uninspired um, lately just with some new ideas that I have for the brand and um, just trying to figure out how to navigate that with you. So I decided to, you know, kind of wrap up on that, but um, I decided to um, bring the special guest to back um, my courtmate Sam. So, hey. Hello, hello, hello. Yeah, last time we had so much fun doing the last podcast that we did. And another thing I want to kind of bring into the podcast is talking about like current event things, but from a biblical perspective. Um, Sam and I, when we have discussions, we clearly go on all day. And like the other day, I was like, we need to record this. So um, that's pretty much what we're doing. Um, I think it'll be interesting for you guys to see how we um, agree in opinion and also differ in opinion. Um, so um, I think it'll be cool to see. So today we are going to talk about um, the movie Beauty and the Beast. Um, I actually just went and saw it. Um, I took my friend Kristen out to see the movie for her birthday and um we're going to talk about it, but we're going to come at it from a pretty different perspective. So um, I hope that you guys will enjoy it. All right. So, Bay, you ready to talk? <laughs> Let's talk about it. Okay. So, um, yeah, feel free to, like, jump in any time, bro. Okay. I mean, like, for the most part, we just wanted to hit on a couple couple main points that we saw in the movie that uh really per se were things that probably would I would give a little more pushback on as a Christian, right? And one of the major things that we saw was that Bell Bell was literally like let's say you have like Jesus, right? Jesus is mm-hmm. like the most flawless human being who ever walked the face of the earth. Well, the way they portrayed Belle on this movie was 
almost like here's Jesus and then 10 notches up here's Belle. And Belle was a saint. Yeah, Belle was like more than a saint. Like she was just like flawless. She was she had no vices, she had no flaws whatsoever. Like it it just it just I don't know how else to put it. I, but it's funny because I agree with you there. Um you know, Belle had no vices. But and it's funny that that is a movie, but in reality, we do the same thing on social media. We're all the dainty person, the dainty woman out there who our life is perfect. We have the perfect boyfriend. Our careers are going great. You know, we're just, all we do is go travel and eat food and, you know, just have a really good time. And that's not true, especially for, you know, women who want to be transparent in their walk with Christ. Like, you know, us women, we're out here. You know, we like things that we shouldn't like we like a lot of wine sometimes we like sex we like porn we like you know what i'm saying like as sinful creatures we're not just this dainty person floating in a sea of a town where everyone's saying bonjour and we just read books all day like we have real struggles out here and Mm. bell was just like i am up here and get on my level (laughs) Right, right. And, and there's that aspect. There's an aspect of which it does portray a little bit of how we like to give the facade to everybody on social media. But Belle was actually like this. And that's what I really want to tackle. Like, Belle was not just like, okay, people see me on the outside and that's what I portray. Belle was literally, like, the character Belle was perfect. She had no flaws whatsoever. And I wanted to bring this up because I feel like in the for the most part when it comes to human beings period if you want to be good at something if you want to be excellent at something it takes dedication it takes practice it takes work i remember one of the scenes that was described was um of uh bell's father is fixing some toys right mm-hmm. he's he uh fixes toys for a living He's Which is a weird profession in the first place. Believe like, or, why are you? You doing know, that? It, you know, believe it or not, like there's get there, it, get there it were together, people like that back in the day. But like, anyway, were people buying those I, toys though? I mean, I wasn't that old back then. Because I so. wouldn't have bought the toy. Yeah, there, there were people like no shades. It's kind of like shade. people who ran out of business for VHSs. Like, it's just a trade that doesn't exist anymore. But anyway, she's she's uh, he's over here fixing these toys, and she knows more about his trade than he does. And she expresses this to him by telling him, oh, no, that's the wrong tool. You actually need this tool. And to me, it's just like we never saw anything about Belle learning. We never saw anything about Belle's. Well, wait, just hear me out. We never saw anything about about Belle's hard work and dedication. And the reason why I say that is because typically in most movies where it's like a male, right? Mm -hmm. A male. I know this sounds like I'm just like, okay, you're critiquing it way too deep. But typically... (laughs) For a male, typically for male characters, you see that training, right? You watch a boxing movie. He doesn't just naturally come across as, I'm going to beat the crap out of all all these guys. Typically, he gets the crap beaten out of him first. That's number one. And then after that, he has the rebound story, the underdog story, right? Where he comes back and he trains really hard and he knocks his nemesis out. Mm -hmm. None of that. Like, okay. Bell is perfect. Okay, okay, okay. <laughs> and that's not that, that's, that, that's not good for women. Okay, and I agree with you there. But 
here's another thing. This is something that we didn't see, but this is something I would pose. Like, okay, so when you have a woman or a, ch- a young daughter, right, mm-hmm. and she is, she is homeschooled, right, because her mom's a stay-at-home mom, taking mm-hmm. care of the kids, right? As a girl, you will learn how to be a servant in your house. You see your mom serve her, her husband, and you learn how to... Um, you know, pick up on things in the house. Okay. You learn how to kind of, and then you learn kind of how to like think before your parents think. So it, I feel like it depends on the perspective that you look at because on one hand you can be like, oh my gosh, they're making Belle out to be this perfect person who even knows more about her father's trade than he does. But in the same breath, you could also say that she's just a good servant to the point where she, um, just anticipates what her father needs because she's being observant and she's being a good, you know, daughter that is serving her father. That's fair. The, because she's not married yet. That's fair. And that is her, 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 um, who she needs to submit to. Right. Right. So, I just feel like it's so many different. Um, well, the thing about like what what I wanted to say also is that um, what vices lead to right? Okay. It's like a chain of things that. The vices, the the, the the I mean, the idea that she has no vices mm-hmm. leads to all these other issues that you see in the movie. And, well, actually that you even see in real life. So, when you don't have any vices, right? When you portray yourself as perfect and you don't have any vices, what typically happens... Talk about it. <laughs> what typically <laughs> happens... What typically happens is you become very what? Vain. Mm-hmm. You become addicted to vanity and vanity is probably like the you know over-the-counter drug that everybody is on right now because basically with social media everybody has their own platform they can kind of be more so into themselves that even the concept iphone you know it's like all these different i things like everything is about bringing it to yourself and making it customized towards the superstar (laughs) that is you I'm just saying everything. Oh everything is everything is geared towards customizing it towards you. You mean right? wiretapping your phone with aluminum foil? I remember. All right, John, John MacArthur. He did a sermon. He was talking about it. So he was like, "Look, even when it comes to your preaching, right? Mm-hmm. People will go, and they won't listen to their own pastor, right? What they'll do is say, okay, 'Okay, I'm going to stay home. I'm going to watch whatever pastor it is.'" And they're going to preach to me and that's going to be my message. They won't go and join. It's because of a level of vanity. It's a level to which you just want what's best for you as opposed to being more in tune with an actual congregation that will hold you accountable Mm -hmm. for your actions. That will, by all means, show you your flaws even. Because when you actually run up against human beings, it's very quick. More is caught than taught. And, right. and what I mean by that is that people start to notice your little shakes and bakes, like the little things that you do that, okay, that is sin, and I'm going to tell you about it, brother or sister. Yeah, you know I'm good You're for right, it. Right, right, <laughs> and, and then And then you also notice about them, and both of y'all are iron sharpening iron. Right, but what and what that does, what that, um, that vanity does, though, is after a while you start to believe it. Like, you start to believe, like, okay, like, if I look a certain way or if I act a certain way that no one can see through the facade of my perfection, like, 
me trying to be perfect, basically. Yeah, it's, it's and, like a and, mirage. Right. And then when you find someone who's kind of like, hey, like, I've noticed that, you know, you could have did better in this area. You immediately repel against that person and you look at it as an attack when it's just kind of like, no. You look at it specifically as oppression. That's what I wanted to kind of get to. Like, and let me let me kind of show you the chain was saying. So I was saying that um, you have a level at which you have no vices. That leads to vanity. But then that vanity leads to what we call flattery, right? So because you are this vain person and you're this perfect person. Right, you have to have people around you all people the time who around that you, flatter you. Yes, people. Like, yes, yes people, men, yeah. yes women that are sitting there telling you. And by the way, if any of them challenge you, you look at it as what? Oppression. Oppression. Or being attacked. Right, you look yeah. at it as being attacked. And yeah. because of that, I'm just saying that there has to be a level to which we as human beings are we have a pushback when it comes to flattery. I'm not saying, like, it, like don't ever compliment me. Like, don't say that to people when they compliment you. Don't yeah. be a jerk. <laughs> what, I'm, what, I, what I am saying is that just take it with a grain of salt and understand you are still a humble human being. Yeah. You are still a flawed servant of God. Tell me about it. Right. And, and one thing we brought up uh, when me and Ro were talking about this before we actually got on the mic was a couple Bible verses about this, right? Because when it comes to flattery... The Bible does speak on flattery, mm-hmm. um, so you and vanity up, too, and vanity, right? So, okay, I'll I'll uh I'll bring up the verse I had on flattery, right? Mm-hmm. For the commandment is a lamp, and the oh well, I'm sorry, pro, this is Proverbs six verse twenty three and twenty four, and it says, "For the commandment is a lamp, and the law is light, and reproofs of instruction are the way of life, to keep thee from evil women." From the flattery of the tongue of a strange woman. So this woman is actually giving advice to her son, if you know the context of Proverbs anyway, mm-hmm. um, who's going to be the future king. Mm-hmm. And he's giving advice to him on how he needs to conduct himself as a man. And one thing he's saying, one thing she's saying to him is that keep the commandments. The law is light. Mm-hmm. Reproof of instruction are the way of life. So... In other words, when people correct you, they are actually breathing life into you. But that's not how we act, though. When we get corrected, how do we feel? We feel like, nope, get get away from me. You obviously ain't. You yeah, you ain't for me. Obviously, you're not for me. Right. Whatever. And it's just like you have all these friendships, but based on what though? Like based on the fact that y'all just tell each other that y'all are awesome 24 seven. Right. You know, based on the fact that y'all go out and you either turn up or even if you don't turn up, you just have a conversation where you guys all agree. Like, you're not growing. Exactly. You're not you're not growing because you don't have anyone to say, hey, you kind of was, you know, like you kind of was shady right here. Or you kind of um, could do better in this. Let me challenge you to do better in this area. And if you don't have that, and all you have is people around you that's like, yes, 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 then you're going to yes your way to destruction, pretty much. Right. And so, um, and now granted, um, you know, I will read this about vanity. I'm also in Proverbs. Proverbs 31, um, verse 30, charm is deceitful and beauty is vain, but a woman who fears the Lord is to be praised. Now, I love Phoebe, you know? <laughs> I love for my makeup to be done. I love for my hair to be done. I love to go out and look. You love to be an hour late. That's fine. Okay, whatever. (laughs) I love to look presentable, and I love for people to say, okay, this girl, 
is onto something in regards to she's here, she's arrived. You don't have to talk to me, but you know I'm here. Okay, but <laughs> but um, I do understand that that there's a balance that we need to have with that, and we don't need to let vanity or flattery um kind of lead us to um destruction to where we're yeah. making others stumble and making ourselves stumble as well because we refuse to grow. And that vanity that leads to those flatterers that come around you and give you all these yeses, they also that then the chain of command then goes to what? Resentment. Because as you get older I I don't know about everybody else, but when it comes if I have a daughter, if I'm blessed with a daughter, one thing I'm going to teach her is how to mature to be a full grown woman woman as early as possible. Why? The reason why is because if she gets too old mm-hmm. and she surrounds herself with vanity and flatterers, mm-hmm. she's going to get to a point where she hits this next level, which is called resentment. And resentment comes in because you wish, because first of all, reality is not matching up with your vain d- depictions of yourself. Right. So you realize that, okay, I'm getting a little older, you know, the, the breasts are starting to sag a little bit, you know? The skin's not as, as tight as it used to be, right? I got a little, maybe a couple stretch marks here or there. Maybe, you know, my, my cheeks bones aren't as high as they used to be. All these different things, you know, the, 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 the skin around the neck is getting a little loose, right? Mm-hmm. The bags under the elbows or under the arms are starting to show up. What All these different things that happen just generally with age. Mm-hmm. And then you are doing all these vain, 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 vain things for yourself. And now you're resentful. Because the reality of what you see in the mirror is not matching what your vain description was of yourself, depiction of yourself was. And that's really what I wanted to get in. Because once you start resenting, you get back into that whole thing. And we were talking about the, the last stage, which is the oppression. You believe that everything is oppressing you. Everything is oppressing you. Everything, everything is not oppressing you. It's just that everybody has a life and your life has a time span. And before that life ends, you need to be taking advantage of every moment in the moment. And sometimes, you know, one thing that's uh, talked about um, that um, some people are discussing in the movie are um, it seemed as though Belle was pushing off um, marriage in life. She was pushing off. She just wanted to kind of do her thing to a little bit. Uh, Go ahead. I don't really agree with that. Go ahead. Because... there wasn't like a big push from her. She just didn't want to marry old dude. She just didn't right, want to right. marry because because he was arrogant. Mm-hmm. He didn't really have anything in his brain. She's more like the I like art type of girl, right? And Gustav is kind of like, yeah, you know, I'm Rico Suave, and she's like, but I'm not really into that. You know what I'm saying? And so she didn't really push off. Okay, first of all, even though the beast turns into a prince at the end. Let me let's let's be real honest. She didn't really have a lot of options, okay? Because she had arrogant dude over here, and then she had this dude who was great, who was rich and all that stuff. But I mean, he was not aesthetically pleasing. He looked like a beast. Like you see what I'm saying? It's not even only that. So, the beast was not only. I'm not, not pushing off marriage because I'm pushing off marriage. I'm pushing off marriage because ain't because both of y'all ain't worth my time. It's not <laughs> only, no, it's not only that. It's it's the beast is also not only is he not aesthetically pleasing. He is rich, just like Gaston, by the way. But the issue is not that he's not aesthetically pleasing. The issue is that he's actually just as arrogant as Gaston was. Think about it to a degree, just for a second. Okay. Think about how he became a beast in the first place. He was just as much of a butthole 
to that old lady who ended up cursing him. We're mm-hmm. going to talk about that later. That old lady who ended up cursing him, by the way. She's like, I got something for you. Right, right, right. <laughs> that old lady, that, 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 I'm sorry, the, the punishment did not fit the crime. But anyway, um, the Yes, old, it did. Well, oh, 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 it didn't. You're I right, was you're rude right. to you, you're and right. therefore I didn't get turned into a... <laughs> you're right, you're right, right. I was rude oh, to you, yeah. and therefore I could turn into a beast for the you, rest of my life. You, walk, you break into my house at my party, <laughs> trying to come in, not even dressed the right. way you need to be dressed. Then you try to hand me some rose. I got you. I appreciate the rose, bro, but uh, you got the bounce. So because of that, you sent me into a whole dimension of I'm years of torture, of torture for decades. Yeah, praying that this rose not does fair. not does not decay. Yeah, not fair. It's, it just didn't fit the crime. All right, so anyway, but aside from that, he was still just as much of a butt as Gaston was. Okay, I okay, can, I can agree. Okay, so with that being stated. I'm just trying to get people to understand. All right, here's a couple of things. What was it that Belle brought to the table? Because if it's my daughter, I want my daughter, when she gets into a marriage, mm-hmm. to do what? Bring something to the table. What is it that she has? What are the good qualities that she has as a woman? Feminine woman, what is it that she will bring value other than her looks. She's given looks, but those whoa, looks whoa, will whoa, decay. Whoa, whoa, What are the things that she will bring? Femininity. She had it down-packed. She had it down... She had femininity down-packed. And, and let's be clear, because you guys always say, <laughs> you know, we don't need a girl with a degree. We don't need a girl with this. We just want right. a girl who can take care of the home. Belle did a great job at that. Was Belle taking care of the home? She was under... She was with her father. I get that she was with her father. All right, you know, to a degree, I'll, I'll give you that. I'll give you that. But another she way, she brought of, the keeper of the homes to the table. Okay, okay. Holla right. at your girl. Let, well, let me let me give a little bit of a different perspective. How about like all right? So for example, in the movie, they they depict her reading books, right? Mm-hmm. And then when she's reading books and she's asked about, or she's trying to teach another girl how to read a particular book. Mm-hmm. And she's talking about what this, what's in this book. What is she talking about? She's talking about a romance novel. She's talking to this girl about a romance novel. And then there's that little scene where the other lady comes in. She's like, "Oh my god, I can't believe they're. Uh, why? Why do we? Aren't it was there, basically aren't there a, 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 but yeah, basically a guy came. Can, a guy said that, and then oh, the girl okay. came next, and she was like, "Yeah, like she's gonna, she's gonna ruin our village." Right. I don't have anything pro. I have no problem with women reading books. There's nothing wrong with that whatsoever. <laughs> but what I am saying though is that there's a degree to which, when when women are reading, when that woman Belle is reading a book, mm-hmm. she is praised or she's thought of as better than mm-hmm. or snooty. I guess you would call it right. We mm-hmm. we didn't see her as snooty. No one saw it because we're in modern day mm-hmm. America. But um. She's thought of as better than, mm-hmm. but then what happens? She meets the beast and she sees his library. Mm-hmm. His library it was on fleek. Yes, it was crazy, right? It's a big old library. And then she asked him, So, how much of this have you read? She's like, He's like, I've read everything but the Greek. Right. <laughs> so, this guy is well read, he's knowledgeable. Okay, not only is he knowledgeable, you already know he's rich, so he's rich. He's knowledgeable. He so he can provide for this woman, right? Mm-hmm. He can definitely protect her because you know he's a freaking beast. You know? mm-hmm. I don't know how to say that, right? Mm-hmm. So he's a beast. He's knowledgeable. He's um he's he's um he's definitely he's definitely wealthy as well. Mm-hmm. 
So, with all that being said, he brings a certain amount to the table. But he's a foot. But he's a foot. Now, I just didn't like that she initially didn't like. Well, he she didn't like him because he was a foot. But and that's obvious reasons, right? But then Gaston is good looking. Mm-hmm. And he has accomplishments of his own, but he's arrogant, right? Mm-hmm. But if that would have been, if Gaston was a woman, he would have been confident. Gas, what's his name? We talked about Gaston. Gaston, Guston, Gas, Pedal, <laughs> whatever. He didn't read though. He didn't have any like. He didn't read. He, he didn't, didn't have read. any You're class right. to him. He was just like a dude who was nah. just like. Yeah, I'm here and I'm popular, so you must bow at my Gaston every is a master hunter. Okay? Like, the dude is clearly so the leader of the village. So she was eating before he was there? Has no, he no. hunted anything for her yet? No, it's not She that. could without him? All right. Clearly, number one, Gaston is very much sought after. Okay? So he's, it's not like he's not likable. Okay? But what I am saying is that Either way, when it comes to <laughs> I just thought of something. Either way, if like like I talked like I talked to you about this before, if Beyonce was to come up in front of you and say, you know, whatever it is that she says on her records, right, mm-hmm. that might sound quote unquote arrogant. Mm-hmm. At the end of the day, Beyonce can literally come to you and say, "Bruh, but I got this much work put in. Look at mm-hmm. my resume. Mm-hmm. Look at the hits I put out. Look at all these things." So I'm not arrogant. I'm sorry, sir. I'm not arrogant. I'm confident. I'm confident because I know who I am. Right. And all I'm saying is that there has to be a degree to which we are um, subtly, you know, um, portraying not only to women that confidence is fine, but also to men that confidence is fine. I think women are attracted to men who are confident. Last I checked, you know, I'm not a psychologist or something like that. But, <laughs> no. Pretty sure women are attracted to confident men. So, why is that depicted as arrogance? No, no, no. I don't think it's depicted as arrogance. There's nothing wrong with a guy being confident in what he brings to the table. Like, okay, you're a master hunter. Back in that time, that was very important. You know, you need to eat. You know, this provincial life. You know what I'm saying? You need to eat. So, I get it. So, he's an alpha. Yeah, he he was an alpha male. Yes. But, okay. It's kind of like when you and I have conversations and I say, like, a woman, a guy that a woman is attracted to is a guy who is like, he walks into a room and he does not have to tell you, hey, hey, I am an alpha man and I'm here. No, right. he walks into the room and his presence alone he makes, exudes it. He exudes it. Like, you're just like, oh, he's here and I'm here too. So, yeah. You know what I mean? And so, that is what she would have wanted, or if I was Belle, <laughs> I would have wanted. Not someone who's like, oh, I, 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 I it's funny when I laughed, I was like, I thought of something. I, I was, t- I experienced that where, you know, the guy's like, you know, you're the only one who, when I tried to pursue you, you were kind of just not impressed. And guys like that. And Guzan also liked that about he Belle. He liked the chase, right. He yeah. liked, he liked the chase. But then you realize that like, this person ain't hitting on nothing. Like, there's no like there. He's an airhead. Like okay, you can shoot things. Ooh, good for you. Like well, ooh, just boom, just just know. to be fair, back then it wasn't like you had to be like super scientist or any type of specialized skill set to live back then. I'm just saying. There's no way. I don't think that women should just put up with a guy who's like well, extremely I'm saying, I'm saying, no, no, just because. No, what I'm saying is just use the he the, can the, hunt. Use the chronological context of. 
the time set in which they were in mm-hmm. of France <laughs> versus now. You know what I'm saying? Like if you if if there was a guy if, you, if a guy walked up to you now and he's like a master hunter, you're gonna look at him like. I don't care. As a matter of fact, I'm going the opposite way. Matter of fact, I'm going to <laughs> Publix <laughs> to get me the where, meat. Where the food is already dead. Exactly. You know, yeah, that's what I like to do. So, so, so I'm just saying, like, just use a little bit of context there. But either way, I'm just, I just, I just try to give a little bit of pushback on some of these things so that, um, you know, when we watch these things, we can help even ourselves grow as uh, Christians. But I will say that, just kind of leading into our next point, I will say that, um, you know, there were a lot of things that subtly, you know how Disney is, everything is subtle, but there were a lot of things that kind of indirectly, you could say, pointed to the idea that, like, Women are good at everything. Yeah. Men suck. Men can't do anything. Men, men, men aren't crap syndrome. And to be honest, that's a lot of the things that's going on in our society right now. I, I'm, I can't tell you how many times I'm so disgusted when I just see things, um, articles and things that women are posting that basically make it seem like women, like men, are the worst things on this earth just because. We're hurt at a little pay gap, and we're hurt because, you know, sometimes women don't get the credit that they deserve. And I understand that, but what you guys are doing on social media is you're indirectly breaking the families even more. And the families that you wish you create, or maybe the families that you don't even want to create anymore because you hate men so much now. And so... I think that was another thing um, that was good. I mean, like 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 the guy was saying, if you can get a woman to wait until her thirties to have kids, I mean, you you can kill a whole generation, man. Yeah, you can effectively kill a whole generation because you've you've convinced them that they should be vain for their twenties, right? And when they're vain for their twenties and they don't care about, um, you know, sewing into the next generation, getting ready to be an adult as fast. It's it's good to rush towards. I'm about to say, and it just depends on what you think, what what your idea of procreation is. Like, right. uh, as a society, we have turned kids into like this burden on us, as opposed to a blessing. And what you're forgetting is, you are basically you're procreating and this is why people have more kids back then you're procreating so you can create more kids so you can raise kids like you and if you are a good person then you want kids that are just like you so that you create a whole society it's crazy it's like you have the society of people who are going local going bonkers you know fearless godless you know they want to do everything else they they number two they don't want to have kids which is probably a good thing for them but like even Christians, they don't want to have a lot of kids. And they wonder why the society is not like you. Because you don't have any offspring. <laughs> That's why. You don't got because, no offspring. Because you don't have anyone to pass your traits down to. But guess what? You have other people over here who probably are not in the right mindset to be having kids. Maybe they're not married. Maybe they're too young. Maybe And they're having all the kids. Right. And, then, and, and so what's happening? They're raising the kids like how they know how. Right. And then you have those kids growing up and creating your society. That was one of the main reasons why I even created MFM to challenge, you know, 20-somethings to prepare for family because that's how you create the next successful society. Right. If you want society to look like you, you have to put into it. And therefore, if you're going to put into it, you're going to have to marry and have kids um, by God's grace within Lloyd Locke. Um, But 
overall, like one thing I was thinking about was what, like you said, like men are incompetent and women are wonderful. That was like in full swing. There's um, even the other subtle cue that they threw in there is Belle's father gets lost in the woods. I know that doesn't seem like a big deal, right? But like this man has been traveling this path for decades. He's never gotten lost before. Oh, well, he's probably never went to the, the castle. I'm pretty sure he didn't go there. It doesn't matter. It, like, like the it doesn't matter because if you don't go somewhere ever, you'll probably get lost. You've known these woods forever, and now you this time you get lost, right? There's just a, there's a degree. Like if you watch a lot of these sitcoms, mm-hmm. right? The father. Look at the look at how the fathers are portrayed. Let's just be honest for a second. Mm-hmm. The fathers from The Simpsons all the way to I mean Roseanne to uh, fam, like whoever it is, they just they are they are dopey. That's just the way they are. They're silly. They're careless. They're not. Are they're not uh, calculated with their moves, right? They're not meant. They're well, I don't know. How they're to not meant. But yeah. side note, I will say something that that does. That now that I remember this from seeing the movie, um, something that does kind of separate Gustav from the Beast mm-hmm. is that when Gustav Gustav kept asking for Belle's father's hand in marriage, and Belle and her father were like, "Nah, like I, I don't want to marry you. Like I'm afraid on you, bro." Right. And so, like, and so he basically tried to kill her father first. Then he tried to make the convince the town that her father was crazy and that Belle was crazy because he started to get really power crazy towards yeah. the end. The Beast, on the other hand, though, he, um, he allowed her to see her father. Like, you know, she was like, I miss my dad. And so he had, a, like, a little magical mirror where she says, I want to see this, and it'll show what's oh, yeah, going exactly. on at that time. And they show that her father was getting beaten because at the time, Guzan was, you know, basically trying to put him, make him, put him into a madhouse. And so the beast told her, he said, go back to your father. Mm-hmm. And that was noble of him. That was, was even uh, that was even a Christian of him. That, that was a little um, that was a little Boaz right they, there. Exactly. <laughs> like that, that was he's like you know go back to go back to your father. And he was even gonna risk the fact that she may never come back. So it, it's definitely a movie where you can grab a lot of things from. But yeah, back to what you were saying about um, men being dopey. Yeah, men um, fathers men overall in many of these movies are just they're just they're airheads, right? They're just they're just these very clumsy characters that never think these through. They really don't know how to lead. It's typically their wives that are the articulate ones that know. And I'm not saying that women are not articulate. Women are very articulate. Like like let's we talked about this before. Like there are certain fields that women naturally are actually better at. Mm-hmm. They're just better at them. And I believe full heartedly that there are things that women do tremendously better than men do. Mm-hmm. Um, organizational skills is one of the major things that it, Rochelle knows when it comes to my place. Like, yeah, I could definitely use some help in that department. And that extends to things that go into the office space, that go into all these different things in regards to putting together these big, massive events that typically men are not the best at, right? That's fine. Even when it comes to, like, coordinating the words and the in the in the atmosphere of how um when Trump was going for the election who was it that was writing those speeches towards the end Kellyanne Conway because she knew how to work that crowd 
Now, she is not good for what she did. I'm not not endorsing that. Mm-hmm. But what I am saying is God, that you she blame, you knew. You put Trump on my podcast, man. I'm sorry, man. I'm sorry. No problem. I ain't going it, to. Not, it's not an endorsement of that. But what I am saying is just simply that they are good at things. They are very, very good at certain things when it comes to organizing, especially in, in, in oratorial skills. They are very good speech makers. But, um, yeah, I just wanted to touch on that brief, brief thing. And I also wanted to say... That um, when it comes to the thing that we're talking about, about waiting until your 30s to get married, Mm -hmm. um, a couple things. Uh, When you have um, two statistics that um, got brought up in our previous discussion were about um, failed relationships and more sexual partners. Failed relationships and more sexual partners typically leads to more divorce. So if you have... It's the reason why it's not good to wait till your thirties and let all those flatterers tell you to just do what you want to do and do you, girl. You have plenty of time. No, if you do that, first of all, you're gonna have several relationships between your twenties all the way to your thirties when you finally decide to get married that are gonna be failed, right? And that makes it harder for you to commit to a married man. The other thing... Commit to a man who wants to marry you. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Commit to (laughs) a... We do not condone... Commit to a man... Committing to anybody who's already committed. Okay. (laughs) Thank you. A little slip of the words there. (laughs) It's it's crazy how you just change one or two words and it changes the whole meaning. Yeah. A whole... whole, whole Another conversation. And then the number of sexual partners. Mm -hmm. If you decide to wait from your 20s to your 30s, if you can wait and be a virgin you want to be the 35-year-old virgin, more power to you. But if you are having sex in that interim of time, it's going to also be hard for you to commit to a man. Do you feel that that that, that also applies for men, though? Because y'all be out yeah, there. Yeah, absolutely. Because sex is not just physical. It never has been. It affects men and women hormonally on a biological so, okay, level. So you're, saying, you make, so you're saying that you also feel... Like, if men are out here just doing the do, whatever, it mm-hmm. also makes it harder for them to commit to a woman. Absolutely. Absolutely. And the cycle just continues and it gets worse. Thank you. On both sides. It hardens men. They don't feel like, okay, well, you know, she's giving it up that easy. I'm sure there's other girls who give it up that easy. And before you know it, your, your testosterone kicking up so high that you don't know even, you don't, you don't know what it's like to commit to no woman. You don't know how to connect with somebody. You're just using them as, as... A DNA dumpster, and when it comes to <laughs> when, when it comes to uh, when it comes to the women, on the other hand, many of these women, some of them are just screwing around. They're just making it a physical thing. But I strongly believe that women are a little bit more on the emotional side of things as far as how they are how they are hormonally affected. Absolutely, absolutely. So, so you having sex with these guys, right? And these guys are not committing to you but you thought he was the one and girl you thought he was the one and you thought that he was going to be the one and before you know it you are jaded then you don't want to do yeah. it anybody you don't want to yeah now you exactly. don't want to have kids and now it's hard for you to commit to a husband i'm sorry commit to one i need you to get it you. together i'm sorry i don't know why this is coming out weird anyway but yeah so i just want to uh, drop that little piece in there okay I feel like we had a really good talk about the depths of how you could like grasp one perspective or another perspective. But um, 
you know, there's always a lot of talks about Disney, like how they always do subtle things, like, you know, how Let Let It Go had homosexuality in it, how even in Beauty and the Beast they had some um, slight, you know, homosexual references in there, how um, things like that. And, you know, we talked about a bunch of things in regards to femininity, Belle, vanity, all that stuff. Because, okay, the thing, you and you know, you know, the way you and I agree on, like, a lot of things, but we have a different way of going about those things. You are, like, super passionate. I need to let y'all know right now. Come to my Facebook page and see this pop-up party. <laughs> like, that's how you are. Like, you're just, like, Sam the man who's just, like, I got a word for you today. And, you know, and I agree with, with you know, most of the things that you say. Um, but in the same breath, like, I am the more person who kind of levels you out. Like, hold on. This is just a movie. Right. Like, you don't have to look deep into it every time. Like, this is an Iron Wars. Like, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And so, at what point is, like, a movie just a movie? And And at what age do you feel, like you can, you know, watch these movies because I mean I know I mean we're we're not gonna let our kids watch Disney. Not until they get to a certain age where um they can see they, it. Can, they can see it for what it they is. They can see it for what it is. But I mean, like where's the line? Like like when is it just a movie and when should we have more caution? And what at what age or what level of maturity do you feel like it's okay to watch these things without it affecting um, how you view things and well, influencing you. I think, uh, I mean, we've talked about this before. The first person to say, um, stay woke. But stay woke. That was Jesus, actually. Yeah. So with that being said, like, I believe that Christians overall, believers, need to keep an eye open. Because like I said before, more is caught than taught. There is more caught than there is taught. And because there's more caught than taught, your kids are subliminally taking themes, these little undertones, these little themes. They're taking them in, and they're internalizing them. Mm-hmm. All right? It's the same way why you can say things out of your mouth. Your kid is watching what you do, though. Mm-hmm. Right? So those same things in regards to these themes that you see on TV, I just think sometimes if they're going to show certain things as okay that I don't necessarily believe are okay, to them, they're gonna all of a sudden think that okay, that that's cool. It's okay to 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 do that way. And if such and such touches me and Daddy's not around to stop him from touching me, then maybe that's okay because I saw Beauty and the Beast. Or if such and such touches me, um, you know, and you know, God forget be be your daughter or your son. It doesn't matter which way. Mm-hmm. These things affect these children. Right. You know what I'm saying? Or um, if uh, um if um if I just think I just think overall that um, you need to be the primary discipler of your kids. Right. Disney does not mean to be the primary. And trust me, I know what it's like to be raised by Disney. Because having watched, for example, I tell my girl all the time, like I can literally, I can literally, nearly quote to you the entire Lion King movie mm-hmm. from start to finish, from start to finish, word for word. All the way through. I can quote to you the entire Aladdin movie from start. Me and my brothers used to brag about how many... We watched it over a hundred times each movie. Each one. So, 
I'm just telling. That sounds like y'all ain't have a lot of movies. <laughs> <laughs> we we didn't back then. But it didn't take so long for movies. To, it took it took a lot longer, by the way, for movies to go from uh, theater the, to, the to VHS. VHS. And, and when you got that VHS, man, you cherished it. You from know what blockbuster. Saying? Yeah, man. Rest in peace. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, man. So. If you're the primary disciple of your children, that means that Caesar is not the primary disciple. The state is not the primary disciple of your children. You are the primary disciple of your children. And if you're going to do that, then that means you have to limit things from your child's mind at certain ages. When they're at a more understanding age, then they can watch it. And they can see it for what it really is. Like, Dad, we don't really act like that over at home. Yeah, you're right. We don't act like that. Because we different. You see the Lion King reference. (laughs) You see, you see that there? shadow you over see there, shadow? Simba? Don't go over there. <laughs> What's over there? <laughs> right. Um, okay, so before we wrap this up. Everything the light touches. <laughs> right. Before we wrap this up, I want to say some positive things that I saw from watching the movie. Um, you know, I'm a crier, so I was emotional. You know, I love production, child. But anyway, so... I have to give props to Belle because I feel like she was a woman of grace. Like, as much as she was, like, the perfect person, and we know we all kind of bark at that. But um, I think that she did a great job of showing women how to win over or influence your man or your husband with a quiet and gentle spirit. Absolutely. Um, I think that she did um, things like in regards to, you know, slowly teaching him how to eat properly, slowly slowly teaching him how to be gentle to the horse and, you know, like things like that. Um, she, she wasn't like nagging him or like, you know, emasculating him or making him feel less than. She slowly, just with her gentle, kind spirit, was like, hey, here's a new, here's a better way of doing things. And um, feel free to, you know, adapt to it. And she was a really, really nice person. I, I was in that, I was in the movie theater, like, I got some work to do. Let me come back and uh, love know, on Sam a little bit. Let me, let me, let me, uh, let me just. Thanks, Bill. Here's, here's one of the major things you could take away from this in regards to women's femininity. Women are the civilizers of society. Mm-hmm. And specifically, more so, women are the civilizers. They civilize men. Mm-hmm. Women civil Men. I'm just going to be straight talk with y'all for a second. We don't really care too much about all these little special trinkets and stuff that, that impress people and stuff like that. Men are typically a little bit more roughhouse. They're a little bit more just... Yeah, it's just rough shot. Like overall, like if if it was up to us, we would just show up and chill with our homeboys, and you know, a tank top and some jogging jogging up pants or whatever like that. And that that's just it is what it is. Mm-hmm. But once you realize that, hey, there's another woman out there, and she's attractive, and I want to have the best chance of being attractive to her. You what? You civilize yourself. And even when she decides to finally choose you, because I've um, I've heard this phrase now, I'll repeat it myself. Men propose, women dispose. When men men are pursuing women, right? Mm-hmm. Women take the invitations. They figure out which invitation they want to go to, and they they go to that party, right? right? Can't go to all of them. They can only go to one. So after the woman has chosen you, it doesn't mean that you're perfect, mm-hmm. but she has chosen you because based off of the bare uh, the stock options that you came with, 
you. I don't mind re- spending I don't mind, the rest uh, of my life civilizing you. Civilizing you, exactly. So what what happens then is that that woman, as she's civilizing you, she's like, as we saw in the movie, Bell's teaching the beast how to eat properly, teaching the beast more about you know how to have a gentle a gentle touch when I can't think it was like they're trying to tame a horse or whatever like yeah, that. Yeah, that's what I was saying. Yeah. yeah, so like all those different, all these different scenes show about, uh, I think, speak towards woman's femininity and man's need for woman so that society can actually flourish overall. Yeah, because what society's done at this point is just made women feel like that civilization power that we have is a stupid power. You know, now we're trying to be like men and when... Because society has convinced us that our natural talents are not yeah. worth um, cherishing. Go ask a stay-at-home mom how lonely she is. Because the rest of the world shuns her because she's not at the corporate desk pounding away at a 9-to-5 job. Yeah, and most of these women they don't even like their job feel- anyway. Okay, yeah. but just to say, but just to, just to say, I'm in corporate America and I got a job and stuff like that. And you talk to women and you make even men because you know you and I have talked about it. You know yeah. me being a stay at home mom in the future, and um, you talk to women and you tell them, yeah, my man actually gives me the option to not work. And you can see them like I wish the people listening to this could see my face, but but like you can, <laughs> they're, just, they're just like their face is just like this, like. <laughs> like, like they want to smile, but they're just kind of like face about to explode. If any of y'all have ever seen Popeye the Sailor Man, where he's like, nah, 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 nah. that's the exact face that Rochelle just made. Where he's like one eye squinted. Exactly, <laughs> they literally want to. It's like it's okay, you know. But you're right. Um, you know, um, I think she did kind of, kind of like what I was saying earlier. Like I think she brought to the table like stay-at-home mom she was a reader she wasn't out here doing 50 million things she wasn't out here you know hunting for food she wasn't chopping wood she there was a whole market around her in the first scene when she's like bonjour there must be more than this like everyone's around her is you know in the market she didn't have to do it why probably because she had a daddy in, in her life that was taking care of her and so she was you know serving her father that's why she and, and then she grew grows up she's you know continuing to grow she meets a beast she knows because she's learned how to be a servant to her father she sees a guy like gustav and it's kind of like yeah you're a great guy but you're not the one for you're not necessarily the one for me just because a guy is a good guy just because a guy is a christian guy doesn't mean that he is the one for you, and for so you. Yeah. and so he Gustav had a lot of things, but he didn't have what Bell needed. Whatever his name is, dude. Like, from Gustav to Gustav, from Gustav. <laughs> I don't know what his name from is. From Gaston to Gustav to Gustav. From gasoline to QT. We've traveled from French to, from <laughs> France to Spain. Go ahead. <laughs> but anyway, so yeah, so it's just like okay, so you have you have um that aspect, and then you have the beast. Who um, she's able to sh- use her um, gentleness with, mm-hmm. and and it will work. So could you imagine if she tried to use her gentleness with um you know Gaston? gas yeah, pedal over here? Yeah. <laughs> it wouldn't have worked. So and it's kind of like men. It's kind of like men. If you if a guy can't feel like he's provided for you, he doesn't feel like he's using his his talent on you. Right. And sometimes it will repel a man away. So she's able to use her womanly thing. And of course, we're kind of rambling at this point, but. I feel like that's if that's a positive thing I could um, say for this movie. Yeah, definitely take away. It would be that. So um, yeah, any 
I'm last with Mark. We've been kind of at it. I'm 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 pretty good. I think we've I think we've covered a fair amount. We definitely didn't cover the whole movie, but hey, I like what we did today. Um, I'm really enjoying uh, having joined you guys at uh, MFM, and uh, hey, man, go ahead, close it out. Yeah, man. Um, we're gonna actually. I think we should like do this more often with more things, more movies, more TV shows. Maybe we like you know when like Insecure shows come back, we could like um you know do things and just have like a biblical approach. I think it would be really good because there's so much commentary, but it's not like coming from like Christian millennials and um and you know things like that. So um I think it'll be good to introduce to the podcast um. I'm trying to get Sam to like come on on more episodes like more often, but for now, it'll be um every once in a while. So, yeah, um that's all I have for you guys today. Um thanks again for coming by, um and listening to this podcast. Um we really appreciate it. Um Sam and I um we we really do appreciate it. So, um this again like always is going to be on the website marriagemillennials.com facebook backslash mf millennials um if you have any questions feel free to follow me there my instagram and ig is rochelle k ham um so feel free to talk with me there as well um again the itunes um is marriage millennials all you gotta do is search for it in the search bar and it will pop up for you so, all right, remember to stay Christ crazy and think for a second thing to be grateful for. The first thing is that you're alive. Um, talk to you soon, guys. Bye. Hey guys, Rochelle here, coming to you with another PSA, a public service announcement. I just wanted to give props to the music that you hear on this podcast. The first one is um, Set Me Free by Myron Butler, that's my jam. And the second one that you're listening to right now is Drowning by KB. Uh, Listen to the lyrics, love them as much as I do, and if you love it enough, feel free to support your Christian artists and purchase them. Alrighty guys, you take care. Bye. Let them be
Upstream drink, there is no fee. Better never won't be satisfied. So free every day, no flee. I'm safe. 